Welcome to your Shalmi Brachos, Daf Tesvav, and the Ozahara print. I want to uh, make a couple of introductory remarks about Daf Yomi itself, and then we'll get to hopefully three Ha'aras on the blot, mostly focusing on the uh, Pesach night where we say Hal and some very fascinating stuff that we find. So firstly, let's just talk about the Daf Yomi cycle itself. Everyone pretty much knows that probably the originator of Daf Yomi was in uh, L of 1923 by Rav Meir Shapiro, um, the very famous Rosh Shiva of Chachmei Lublin. Um, he was a young man at the time, and there are those that say that he was influenced by Ramosha um, uh, Menachem Mendel Spivak, um, who was part of Ziri Agudis Yisrael, but I'll leave that for other historians and people to discuss. Certainly this concept, as I mentioned earlier, uh, was a round of learning at Daffaday, and um, Ramir Shapiro is quoted by Rav Vosner as saying that, that he said he wasn't the originator, he was just someone that pushed for it, um, and that Ricky Vager learned with his Talmudim, and many people learned a blot a day. According to the standard Vilna Shas, which we've had since the 1500s, not the Vilna print, but that paginization, there's 2,711 pages in the Bavli, and it takes about seven years and five months to learn. If you look at the cycle, it's pretty pretty well defined, and we are in the 14th cycle, for those of you doing Dafyomi in the Dharm right now. Um, when it comes to the the Dafyomi itself, very interestingly, um, Chavetz Chaim is one that really endorsed it, and within one month, it started on, on Rosh Hashanah of, 2020, of, of 1923. Um, I, I heard this from Mendel Weinbach, and I, I've said it myself as well, maybe a little bit of a different version, so I hope I'm not misquoting him, but that two main things that came out of the 1923 Knesset Gdola were Dafyomi and Beis Yaakov. And it's a very interesting thing because those two things are very significant in Klai Israel, and they've built Torah with a daily schedule, and also uh, the women that you know understand Torah and support Torah and learn Torah, um, and it really has changed all of Klai Israel in that in the last basically hundred years. Um, that being said, um, one of the great people that really supported Dafyomi that really helped to pick up, um, aside for the Chavetz Chaim who really established it and said he was jealous of Aramir Shapiro. Um, was the um, Ger Rebbe, Rav Ram Mordechai Alter. And since he learned that first blot, the brachos on Rosh Hashanah, in front of everybody in public, that really created a storm of Dafyomi. And it's very interesting because um, his descendant um, in, in 1980, the Lev Simcha, who was also the Ger Rebbe in 1980, at the Knesset Gdola, he introduced Dafyomi, uh, the Yerushalmi Yomi. Now, this one's a little bit more complicated, and that's it's officially in the 11th cycle. Now, the actual Yerushalmi pagination, as I mentioned, there wasn't really a fully standard print, but the Vilna print, I think, was the most popular. It has about 1,500 pages, which takes about four years and about a month or so. The um, current print that I'm using right now and that a lot of people have started using um, divides the pages up much more, um, with, with has a lot more pages. Um, it has about 2,000 pages, and it's a five-and-a-half-year cycle, basically. And that's the Ozvahutter print. So I want you to recognize that. Like, for example, we're on Daf Tesvav right now in the Ozvahutter print, but in the Vilna edition, that's Daf Yud, and the pages are much longer. Hopefully we'll talk about more about this in general, but also in the uh, when we get to Shkalem, where there's different versions, and it affects the the, um, the, the cycle of Daf Yomi as well, if you follow the Vilna print, etc. So, but what I want to say is that I'm not really sure why that decision was made. I don't know who it was based on. I certainly would have just followed the Vilna print, but I do very much appreciate what the art scroll and the Ozwater print did as far as correcting things and really making it a lot more accessible. So I recognize that as well, but just recognize that this is the 11th um, Yerushalmi Yomi cycle. However, we're not going to finish it in time to start with 12th one according to when it was originally set up in 1980. So just recognize that. But it doesn't matter. The point is that a person should learn Yerushalmi and be familiar with it. And in today's blot, we're actually going to talk about that. So let me, let me go through three main points. The first one is on Daf Tesvav Amidalaf in this um, Ozohara print. Um, so 
there's a discussion of what do you say in modem. If you look through it, we don't have a lot of this text. It's very interesting how Yushalmi had a different version of modem. In the Bavli, some of this stuff was used for modem Darabanan, etc. So here, at the end of, just like in the end of the Bavli, um, where it talks about all the different versions for modem, so there it says, you say all of it, and it's all pushed together as one text. So too, Revudan says the same thing. That Noagin Rabban and Amrin Kulhon, they adopted the text of all the of, of all of it. So and they put together all these shitas that were said. Just an interesting ha'ara about how modem developed. I think most people are familiar with Avuja Home, that says that you know modem Rabban is there because you have to say thank you to Hashem directly. You can't just have a chazan saying it. And by the way, a lot of people try to find it and they look. Wait, is it in the modem or is it in the modem Rabban? So you have to find. It. I believe it's in the modem Rabban where he says it in the Avuja Home. Avuja Home is a great source for Yerushalmi is being quoted. Um, the next thing that I'm going to talk about is all the way at the end, just an interesting historical fact, which the Gemara talks about this, the Bavli also does, but Yerushalmi says that originally um, Rebbe, when he said Havdalah, so he would actually just say it as it came, as, as things happened, not necessarily on a coast and not necessarily together, meaning he would want to use light, so he would make a bracha on the, on the, on the light. He would, Shabbos is over, so he would say the, the Hamavdil bracha, and he would use Basavim. But then later, um, afterwards, V'chozer would call them all the coast, he would say them all on the coast for everybody. There's a lot of interesting things about that because um, it seems to be saying that he would say it, who is he saying for? His wife and daughters? This this fits into the, the whole Mahalogos about whether you're allowed to make these brachos separately just for um, a spouse who is not Yotze. Anyway, but that's that's just an interesting fact. What I want to focus on the rest of the time um, for today is just very fascinating historical things about um, the Pesach Seder. The Gemara is talking about the um, that a bracha smucha one bracha that comes immediately after another, another doesn't have to have a, a baruch in it, like elokai neshama. It starts with just words. It doesn't say baruch Hashem. We know that there's different brachas. Some of them are short, like baruch Hashem or asher yatsar, but has two brachas in it, baruch Hashem, right, and then has um, another bracha at the end. And then there are some brachas that just start um, without a, a baruch, but they but they end with a, a bracha. So uh, if I haven't lost you, I'm sorry if that's confusing, but basically. The, the Gemara implies a lot of things. One thing the Gemara says explicitly is that in its in its conversation, the Gemara says that um, that on Pesach night, um, basically they would make a bracha on Hal before and after, which again is not necessarily everyone's minhag. Um, but the Gemara says explicitly that on Pesach night um, they would say Hal in Shul. That that the the Yerushalmi holds clearly that, that that's what they would do. And I want to just kind of talk about that a little bit. So if you look in Hilchas Pesach and Mishabura, so in Tav Pei Zayin, uh, so the Shulchan Aruch brings Belel Rishon Shal Pesach, Gomer Mahalo Betzibor Ben Ima, which is very interesting lashon there, Bebracha Tchila Vesof. So you actually make a bracha, and that's what he says. Bechem Belel Sheni Shal Shnei Yom Tov Mishal Galios, and then the Ramah says Chosa Einanu Noagin Kain Keinanu Omer Belaylo Bebesach Nesas Hal Klal. We don't say hal at all. That's the Ramah. And the Mishra says that's the halacha, but the Sephardim, they do say it. just want to say that it's a famous thing that Igor Moshe talks about this in Archaim Chilik Beis, and in Sadi Dalid, that Minak um, Hagra in Eretz Yisrael, when his Talmidim came, they followed his Minag, that he said this hal. He actually did. He, he poskened like the Beis Yosef. Um, Rabbi Chil Michal Tukachinsky says that um, the Minag Eretz Yisrael is to say it with a bracha, um, and that Rav Shmuel Salant, who was the Chief Rabbi of uh, Yerushalayim, so he he did that based on the Buchacher and based on um, this halacha and based on the Gra as well, um, and he brought down um, that that the Chazan 
in the case of Rishmol Slater, that the Chazan would say it, would say the bracha and be motzi everybody else. The Chazanish's minag was that he would say it without the brachas, and the Grizz from Brisk, he didn't always follow the minagagra. Big, big conversation. I'm waiting for the Briskers to push back, but he basically followed the, the Ramah that he did not make a bracha and he did not say hal. Um, there's a whole shiloh in, in, in Igris Moshe about whether uh, if you're in a seaboard that's saying it, whether you're allowed to leave, whether you're not allowed to leave. He says you can't. <clears throat> My question would be if you have a basement minion and there's different minhagim and there's kind of an understanding that not everybody's saying there what to do. But anyway, but certainly in a shul, if you're part of an official shul and the shul says it, then um, then a person should um, seemingly, according to the Igris Moshe, should stay there because otherwise it's, um, it's Nick, but he's not saying it. The last thing is that the Birka Yosef brings down that um, if a person is davening in a shul that is not knowing to say it, is he allowed to say it afterwards? So he certainly can, according to Berke Yosef, but Rabbi Yashav actually holds, and as I've got it, it's brought down, that it's only a chiv on a tzibor, and therefore that person should not say it um, afterwards. But anyway, you see clearly from the Yushalmi that that was their minag, minag Yerushalayim, to say it, which is interesting that the Gra followed that minhag. Anyway, uh, very interesting. So I hope that uh, was interesting to you, and uh, we see that there's just so much there. Last Mara Makom is, if you look at... Um, Bavli bracha stuff. Yudalim Ralf, the top toast is a very long one, but it's about making a bracha on Halal. You'll see that he literally addresses all this Gemara Yerushalmi. And if you want to kind of get a shmak for how he's shown him, you know, looked at the Yerushalmi and quoted it, and he talks about all these ha'aras that yeah, you see clearly from the Gemara that they did say Halal and they said it with a bracha. Otherwise, how could someone not notice that they were saying it and making a bracha? Ayin Shum, you'll see it's very gishmak. And once you know the sugi here, then it, it brings it more to life as well. Wishing everybody a great day.